All right, let's and go. At least that's what Mountaineer fans like to say. And of course here, we are now approaching a new college football season, a new West Virginia Mountaineers football season. And really, maybe one of the most anticipated in a while because of that first matchup with the rebirth of the Backyard Brawl. I'm Mike Oste, and this is West Virginia Sports Now's presentation of our new program here on the network and the other man joining me for this show my co-host for this program i'm imagining you know him but i will introduce him nonetheless and that is rashid marshall of course former all-american out of west virginia university nfl as well and near and dear to your hearts i'm going to call him a wvu legend uh, to say the very very least so, Rashid, first off, I'm glad to have you aboard here for this program. I see you got the poster there behind you. I see you got the pillow there behind you. This is the rebirth of the Backyard Brawl. You have some Backyard Brawl memories, which we're going to get to here in a moment. So, first off, how have you been? Uh, I'm happy to be talking to you and, and have you aboard for this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. This is going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. Uh, man, like you mentioned, just to get right into this, uh, Backyard Brawl is back. Um, such a long layoff. I'm sure Mountaineer fans are excited, uh, anxious to get this one going. And I think the, the good dynamic to this is we don't have to wait a full season. In the past, this game has been played toward right. the end of the season. Absolutely. We get this first game right out of the gate. And, uh, man, it's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, that that is major. And you really can't undersell that, I don't think, because you do get a situation where the backyard brawl kicks off the season. It's on national TV. You have all the hype. It's been gone a while, but it's an historic rivalry. And yeah, it's not thrown into the middle of the season. Thanksgiving night, I kind of liked after all the turkey. But but this this has a special taste and certainly has made it a national game as well as just uh, that, that rivalry that Pitt and West Virginia fans care about. Game day going to be there. So obviously that's big. Before we get to that, though, and we're definitely going to talk brawl and, and talk Rashid's memories of the brawl because he has some fond ones, again, to say the very least. But this program is entering this game a little different than Pitt is entering this game. Pitt is coming off of the best season they've had in decades. They're coming off of a Heisman Trophy candidate. Granted, he's no longer at the program. He's actually still in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. They are coming off of a major bowl game appearance and winning their conference as ACC champion. And yeah, there's some tweaks and there's some differences. New quarterback, of course. Slovis now there, the USC transfer as the starter. But they're coming off a great season and riding high, and they are the favorites in this game. West Virginia coming off of a season in which they crawled into a bowl game. They lose the bowl game. They finish 6-7. and seven. We're going into year four with Neil Brown. There are some saying there's pressure into this season that you got to see more wins. you got to turn it around, get more big wins, and you couldn't ask for a bigger win than a game <laughs> against Pitt and a big win that that would be. But – what are your thoughts about the state of this program right now? Kind of what's been going on the last few years where maybe the cover was bare when he took over. He then had a solid season in a, in a solid bowl victory. It kind of dipped and then you see where it is right now. How much pressure is around Neil Brown? What, what does this season mean to you? And as a former player who certainly cares about this program was invited back not long ago as you got to put a big 12 Jersey on, which was different than your playing days. But what are your thoughts right now about the state of the West Virginia Mountaineer program? Yeah, so I think first things first, uh, you mentioned it. This is year four for Coach Brown, and uh, it, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of excitement around the program. Let's not get yeah. that wrong. Just because the Mountaineer fan base is very loyal, um, <laughs> right. you know, very energetic, but they also want to see some improvements, more victories, and uh, just to show that the program is is being led in the right direction. I think he has a very good knack for getting some guys in recruiting wise, um, but now it's time to show it. Year four, we need to come out of the gate smoking. No other better team to to get that kicked off versus Pitt, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna prove a lot. Now let's make sure we understand this Big Twelve. Uh, that conference is very tough to play in. Um, it's very tough to get over the hump. The Texases, the Oklahomas, as we all know, Kansas State. I mean, those are some of the teams that we're going up against year in year out in conference play. Yeah. Um, you have to deal with it. You have to to face your opponents and. Uh, this year has been prove a lot for this West Virginia program. I truly think they can get over that hump. Um, is it going to happen? I guess we're going to find out here soon. We are. And, and yeah, I, I think when you get into year four, it's a little different situation than when you're first taking over a job because people realize you got to get your players there. You got to get your system there. It's different. He was at Troy before. This is a step up job. And Neil Brown and Dana Holgerson run two different programs. Yep. But now we're into year four. There have been some some moments. The Virginia Tech win last year, bringing back that rivalry, and that's going to be another game the Mountaineers are going to play this year. Granted, this one will be on the road, so that will be a big game, to say the least, and bringing back that rivalry with the Black Diamond Trophy. Big to win it, but then you saw Virginia Tech kind of putter away the season last year, so what does that really mean? These kind of staple moments really could say a lot about his situation at the program. The recruiting class is nice coming in, but again – you got to get there. So it is a results-based business. Talking here with Rashid Marshall as, again, happy to debut our program here on WV Sports Now, former Big East Player of the Year in 2004 and, of course, in the NFL. And you can't ask for more still. Actually, what are you, do, what are you doing now if you want to plug that real quick, too? I know you Yeah, yeah. So what, I, what I'm doing now, so um, I own my own sports company. or I shouldn't say sports company. It's, it's an all-encompassing uh, fitness, wellness, right. health, right. uh, Rashid Marshall team, Mar team Marshall fitness is, uh, basically the company name. Uh, so personal training from youth athletes to your nine to five general population clients all the way up to professional athletes. So, uh, it's doing very well. Awesome. Yeah. I knew, I knew you were definitely on the, uh, the workout warrior trek. So I wanted to get that out there for you. We'll yeah, plug that yeah. time or two, uh, here during the show, but last year, you saw an offensive line struggle. You saw, despite yards being put up, some felt Jared Deggie regressed from the year before. He's no longer at West Virginia. He had to transfer out. He tried his hand at Western Kentucky. That didn't work out. He's actually now going to be playing at Troy, so another, another college stop for Jared Deggie before things derail. And then the running game didn't really go where it was the year before. Letty Brown kind of slowed down. Maybe that goes to the offensive line. The defense has maybe been better than people think, at least in my estimation, the last couple of years. But it's a West Virginia team that's, again, it's coming off a season that was to be desired. They certainly can't say that it was a year they're going to accept. So what do you think needs to happen this year in terms of aspects of this team? What's an aspect of this Mountaineer team that's very important to improve, to change, that'll get this team headed in that right direction. Because no matter what people may think about Coach Brown or the future or the recruiting class or the environment, inviting former players like yourself back to the program, if the wins aren't there, if the team's not better again, you're going to lose that taste in your mouth. So if you had to pinpoint a few spots of this team, 
what really needs improved for this team to get back to where they want to be? Yeah, well, let's get right into it. Uh, first things first, offensive line. We have to improve up front. Um, obviously, a lot of excitement around JT Daniels transferring into the program. Now, let's yeah. keep in mind, you can have Superman back there taking the snaps and delivering that ball. But if you cannot protect, don't expect a lot from that guy behind right. center. And that's right. what it boils down to. Uh, same thing goes for the position at running back. Um, so offensive line, that's where it starts. Now, you can improve on what you did last year. Uh, you have Millam. You have Gamitter. Those guys up front. They have to be able to get it done. And then from there, you let your quarterback take over. Hopefully he's able to, uh, you know, lead the offense, make the right decisions, put the team into a position to basically score the football and, and just be as efficient as possible. Um, so my eyes will be on the offensive line without a doubt. Yeah, and that connects to everything, really. I mean, that is going to connect to the quarterback spot that's going to keep a guy like JT Daniels healthy who has been hurt. In, in the past, which is maybe why his career hasn't gone where many thought it would go mm -hmm. out of high school and the running game too. You go from <laughs> you're seeing four plus yards of carry and that dipping that has to connect to the offensive line. So that is big. And obviously Doug Nestor and company, Zach Frazier. I mean, there's some vets there. There's certainly some players that could improve that O-line for sure. And really West Virginia also has the other side of the football with Dante stills and company defensively. So maybe some believe the defense is going to carry things. What I want to flip it to sticking back to the offensive side of the football. And this does obviously everything connects to the O-line. So if the O-line's not protecting, if they're not clicking, nothing's going to matter. That's at all different levels of football. You know that mm -hmm. very, very well. But one thing's certain. It's going to be a different life for the offensive line as well as everybody on offense with Graham Harrell now as the offensive coordinator. He brings the air raid offense in, and that's an offense that certainly has had success in college football. West Virginia has experienced that with even Geno Smith. Geno Smith ran an air raid offense. So Graham Harrell brings the air raid in. JT's going to have that familiarity. That gives him certainly a bump. But you're looking at possibly involving maybe more wide receivers, differences there. What do you think fans should expect from the air raid offense? And what can that do as an extra dynamic that is different to this West Virginia offense, regardless is of who's there? Because it might be a little different of a show, maybe a show they were remembering from a decade ago, but different certainly than last year. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. All right. So let's go all the way back to Dana Holgerson. All right. Okay. Dana Holgerson was in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was under that same Mike Leach tree which right. produced the air raid offense, all right? So you have Graham Harrell now. All of this stems from the Big 12 uh, with Dana Hogerson coming in to WVU from a Big 12 school. Uh, you have Graham Harrell playing at a Big 12 school in that same exact offense. Now, all of these guys have the same philosophy. They want to spread you out. They want to try to throw the ball. Obviously, if you do have a good running back in there, you want to find a way to be able to work him in some way, somehow. Um, you need an offensive line that's going to protect West Virginia certainly has the receivers to get it done. Let's talk about Bryce Fort Wheaton. Let's talk about now. I'll, let me slow down here. I think Winston Wright was a big loss for West Virginia. Yeah. Um, but we do have some guys in place, Sam James, who's a proven vet who can get it done. So I think we have the pieces in place. Um, the execution is going to play a huge part. So we're going to try to spread them out, throw the football around find a running back that can get the job done. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully we uh, have a quarterback who's efficient and, and can get it all going. 
And just to talk about the comfort level as well, with JT Daniels playing in that Graham Harrell air raid right. offense, he does have some uh, familiarity with that offense. So that's always a, a very key piece of the puzzle. You get a, a quarterback to transfer in. Luckily, you get an offensive coordinator that's familiar with the player and vice versa. It's always right. a winning solution. Yeah, and that that cannot really be said enough, too. Uh, everyone focuses on JT Daniels coming aboard and that being a big deal from his level as a recruit and then even what he did at USC a few years ago. But having the familiarity with Graham Harrell, having Graham Harrell there, and I've been at, at camp, Graham Harrell commands the room. He commands the field. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a future head coach, that if he does turn this offense around, he's looked upon around the country as a future head coach or regardless of the Neil Brown situation, maybe future at view after the Neil Brown era is still a very young guy, but bringing in that successful offense, you mentioned it, a similar situation to Daniel Holgerson really 10 plus years ago. He kind of was a successful offensive mind who then became a head coach who yep. was able to have that offense explode at West Virginia. They did win the Orange Bowl. And yeah, maybe it wasn't something that everyone loved at the end, but certainly it was very exciting, and that's what I think a lot of fans want to see because, again, the offense struggled at times last year. No matter what yards you're seeing, getting those points on the board was an issue for West Virginia. So the air raid offense should absolutely provide some excitement. Now, from what you know about the air raid offense, I do also want to ask you, because you mentioned Bryce Fort Wheaton, and he's certainly going to be involved. But how important – yeah, and he should take his game to another level, I'd imagine, as well in this offense. It seems to cater to him even more. But how important could a slot receiver maybe even be to the air raid offense or more receivers be to this air raid offense? Because you mentioned Sam James. Reese Smith is another one that he maybe – he's been a spark plug. He's been kind of underrated. I actually talked to him at camp, and he literally told us a story that he went to Coach Brown after last season and basically said, I want to get more involved in the offense or – I'm not too sure about my situation. And Neil Brown told him what he had to do to get that fixed and to get more involved. But the second he heard Graham Harrell was going to be there, he said he was really excited because he feels like he can fit right into that. And not only do you want to have a number one, not only do you want to have protection, but going back to the Texas Tech days as well, a Wes Welker type, that type of receiver they keep talking about being big to that air raid offense, even though maybe they're not somebody that's going to burn it 60 yards. So how important is having a slot guy and having more receivers? So you were a guy that got a lot of guys involved, even though you didn't run an air raid. Yeah. So let's, let's look at it from a basketball standpoint. All right. You get a coach that's coming in. He has sure. a running gun type of offense. He's going to get it up the court quick. That's the equivalent to an air raid offense. As a receiver, you have to get excited. Okay. Listen, I'm going to have an opportunity to catch maybe 10 balls a game. All right. First things first, you need to be conditioned. You need to understand your route running. You need to understand uh, coverages, things like that. Now, take it inside to the slot position. If you get a speedy, fast slot guy who can stress those safeties, it's going to open things up because it's going to force a defense into – a lot of teams don't want to play a split safety defense. So it can force them into a single high, get an extra guy in coverage, possibly bring a nickel in. So, uh, yeah, as a slot receiver, a, a speedy slot receiver that understands route running uh, yeah. coverages, that can that can really take the top off of a defense. Yeah, and that's, that's seemingly the plan. So you're going to see a lot more receivers involved. I'd imagine Mountaineer fans are going to expect a lot more receivers involved. It's all going to hinge on blocking, of course. It does, it does hinge on a quarterback with a quick release. But 
it's different. It, it's almost feast or famine. You're going to get a, excitement this year, thanks to Graham Harold, no matter what happens. And again, I'm a lot of Mountain New fans, I'm sure, are going to say that the offense, you know, where could it go but up from some of those yep. games a year ago? Rasheed Marshall, of course, Mike Osti, and this is our debut broadcast for our show here on West Virginia Sports Now. Of course, head to this site, head to our channel, head to our network for all of our Mountaineer coverage throughout this season. And this season has excitement, even though. The team is coming off a six and seven season because it is the rebirth of the backyard brawl, one of the oldest rivalries in the history of college football. The moments are plentiful and it starts the year. It kicks off the season. It is a Thursday night game that gives you memories that got to give you goosebumps. It's national TV game day is going to be there. You played in it. You know, the rivalry. Give me some of your backyard brawl memories what do you love about the backyard brawl and how important is this rivalry for you even as a legendary player, a former player of this program? Because tip of the cap, I will actually give to both programs to this. And I've said this before with all conference chaos and, and who knows where teams are going to be a decade from now, let alone 20 minutes from now, based on what we know with college right. football. <laughs> and yeah, and they, and Pitt and West Virginia are no longer in the same conference and who knows if they'll ever be in the same conference again. But the second they weren't in the same conference and this game was in doubt, they played in another sports all the way through, but football, it's harder to do a schedule. It wasn't guaranteed, but both programs really worked at making sure this could happen. They have this deal signed for a few years. They're going to take a break, play it again, Pittsburgh, Morgantown, everyone's going to get it. So that's awesome. There's a lot of historic robberies throughout college football that have been lost because of conference chaos, because they're no longer in the same conference. So one team doesn't want to play somebody else. These these two programs both want to play each other. But give me some of your best brawl memories and how important is it to you to have this game happening? It's been yeah. it's been a decade. Well, first things first, I think for me, the most dynamic part of me going to Morgantown to play my my collegiate football years, um, I'm from Pittsburgh. I am right. from the city of Pittsburgh. And I come from the era where uh, you had the old Pitt Stadium on campus. Uh, they knocked it down, moved it over to uh, the north side. So right. going up against all the Pittsburgh recruits, the guys who stayed home and played, I was one of the odd guys to jump ship and go south. And that's what made it so uh, so much fun, just year in and year out. Going up against guys you know, we had the uh, Rod Rutherford, Rasheed Marshall battles in high school. And, you know, he, right. he pretty much – dusted me in high school um but then you get the first the first year where uh he's a starter for Pitt. i'm a starter at wvu we meet up take over the city and uh i was i was victorious two years in a row um but yeah just just coming back up to pittsburgh um all the hype surrounding the game as you mentioned thursday nights after thanksgiving dinner everyone's sitting around just (laughs) so many memories the hatred and I don't know that Pitt fans truly look at it the way uh, WVU fans and just West Virginia residents in general. Yeah. This is the game for us, you know. Um, right. Pitt has Penn State lined up every year for the most part. So, you know, for West Virginia, it's a little bit different. We take it to heart. This is enemy lines. This is enemy territory. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the fact that it's back first game, this is going to kick it off. So much excitement. Um, man, I can't wait for it. I feel like I'm almost going to be playing in this one. 
<laughs> yeah, and 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 I know there are a lot of former players who are going to be at this game. We've heard from a lot of those players that are going to be there. Pat McAfee, Adam Pacman Jones, they talked yep. about it. They're going to be there. There are going to be former players from both sides that are going to be there. And maybe we can get a whole separate turkey bowl of the backyard role of the former players. We might have you guys, guys can get together. I think there might be enough, uh, enough of you guys there to do it in the parking lot, even though we're before Thanksgiving. Do play for something. Yeah, I think I'd love to cover that one as well. So I'm going to be there. I know you said you're going to be there. That's going to be awesome. I mean, there's no... There's no way not to get excited about the backyard brawl coming back. I mean, you can't undersell it, in all honesty. And you did mention your connection to it coming from Pittsburgh. I'm also someone who grew up in Pittsburgh and decided to go to college in Morgantown at WBU. And then now I'm working in media in Pittsburgh. So you hear that as well. Granted, a lot of West Virginia fans in, in, in Pittsburgh, maybe more than some people in Pittsburgh would like. Obviously, not going to have Pitt fans really down there in Morgantown. So it kind yeah. of is more of an infestation of West Virginia's uh, alums and fans, et cetera, going to Pittsburgh. And it's going to be a sold out atmosphere there, standing room only. So no matter oh, yeah. how many oh, fans yeah. are going to be Pitt or West Virginia fans, and that's a whole debate there, there's going to be a lot of Mountaineer fans there. That's pretty clear. Okay. We'll see what the percentage is going to be, though. That's right. How loud and, and it gets. Let's talk about uh, the work dynamic with, with the Mountaineers here in Pittsburgh. You know, it's just bragging yeah. rights for the next 365. Um, there's such a big fan base of WVU fans here in the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're WVU the bars. There really are, yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's just a fun rivalry, um, very close proximity in schools. And like you said, yeah. there's no way you can't get, ex- can't get excited for this. <laughs> I know Pitt, no, no offense to those people, but, um, man, they hang their hat on the 13-9 win, yeah. and that's all you hear about. You know, that's all you hear about. And listen, give them credit because, yes, they kept WV out of a national championship game. But let's look over the last 15 years, what lopsided – and Pitt has done their damage. You know, they've stole some victories from us. But for the most part, the rivalry has been controlled by WVU. For the most part, yeah, the last 20-plus years around. uh, Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, that's the moment that Pitt fans are going to bring up. It's the moment that you can't avoid. I was in school there at the time, know all about that moment. So, yeah, and that moment's certainly a bitter pill in the, in, in the mouth of Mountaineer fans. Maybe that's why there's maybe that more animosity, because you did mention it. There's an argument on who, regardless of conference, who's Pitt's biggest rival. It might be Penn State for a lot of Pitt fans over WVU. And it might even be different for a lot of younger fans, whether it be of Pitt or WVU, because this game hasn't happened in 10 years. So a Pitt student right now, they may hate Penn State more. They played Penn State more recently. They may hate some conference foes more. They may hate Clemson more, oddly enough, than West Virginia. Whereas West Virginia fans, even if the game hasn't been played, and even if maybe they themselves haven't experienced it, and they're currently a student, they're well aware of it. They've been hearing about it. They've been learning about it. They know all about 2007. So it's all in their mind for sure. And they do have that, that animosity towards Pitt. And Pitt is the number one West Virginia rival. Even with West Virginia in the Big 12, Pitt's the number one rival. There's no other You hear the interruption of Sweet Caroline. You're not going to hear that about any other rival (laughs) in the Big 12. There's some argument they don't even have a rival, really, in the Big 12. There's there's other geographic rivals like Maryland is brought up. They did play them last year, and I could argue it's hardly a rivalry because are there any big moments like you can mention from the backyard brawl? Even Virginia Tech, who West Virginia is going to play again this year, played them last year. That's a definite rivalry. 
But that rivalry got started with Mike Vick in that era. So it's 20-plus years old as a rivalry. Yeah. The backyard brawl is going back 100-plus years. We're talking a century, really a century and a half. So that shows you what it is and, and what it what it can mean to these programs and the history of these programs. So, And for yeah. some of the older people in the fan base, uh, it brings back those old Big East memories, just to your point. So right. if you remember Big um, – time rivalries against Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. I mean, those are all the schools. So it kind of brings back some yeah, of those Miami. old memories. Right. Uh, Miami, exactly. So, you know, it just gives you that restored feeling of an old Big East. Uh, we get Virginia Tech on the schedule not to look ahead. So, you know, it, it does bring back some great memories. And, uh, man, it, it, it just gets everyone talking. It gets just the whole region fired up. So, and there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game as well across the country. And again, it's going to be a game that won't be easy for the Mountaineers at all. Again, Pitt is the favorite, but you snag this. There's no better way to kick off a season. I mean, that would be the biggest win of the Neil Brown era by far. It would really create a sense of positivity around the program that may not be there unanimously because, again, you're coming off a little bit of a sluggish season and dipping after arguing that it was the climb, trust the climb, well, a climb is defined by climbing up. <laughs> if you've done some rock climbing, you had to climb up. If you're falling, that's not a climb. That's dangerous. That's doomsday. And that's kind of where some maybe saw the program the last year or so. So you couldn't ask for more if you get that victory. And then there's winnable games coming up. You're talking about Kansas. You're talking about Townsend. I mean, then you have Tech. But win this game against Pitt, you're looking at maybe, you know, 3-1 and one at the worst, 4-0 and oh going into – a bye that's a big deal after that first quarter of the season for the Mountaineers especially this year where there is pressure to turn it around and get victories and of course in Pittsburgh the brawl etc all that really really important what I do want to wrap things up here with Rashid and and we're going to obviously have a couple of these shows at least per month we're going to be doing them we're going to be talking about what's going on throughout the season different news and, and analysis from the games whenever we are doing this program but one thing I do want to throw at you, and this is what has been constantly discussed throughout the offseason, and it's kind of what we just talked about, of the historic nature of the backyard brawl. They're no longer in the same conference. Maybe it lost luster for some current students because you don't play it. You got to work out deals. A lot of these rivalries, geographically speaking, historically speaking, have been lost throughout college football. I agree. And this wasn't one we planned for, but I just got to ask you based on the conversation, what are your thoughts on the conference chaos that is going on in terms of even where you want the future of this program? There are some that want them in the ACC. ACC didn't want West Virginia. We could go into a whole other academic conversation. I'm not going to bore people with on, on, on maybe the school letting people in too easily and that hurting different standards. But TV deals aren't even as big of a deal now as its eyeballs, its subscribers. It's a whole different media circus that's around things now, but it's all about money. And it looks like super conferences are a thing. Big 10, SEC, they're taking everyone. You're seeing USC having to travel all the way to Rutgers (laughs) to play a conference game at some point. Because now they're in the Big 10 and that's going to be just wild and insane. And it's not anywhere near what it used to be in college football. It's basically a pro league. What are your thoughts? What do you want to see to the future of this program? Do you like the Big 12? Do you kind of want to wait and see with some new teams coming in like Cincinnati, Houston, et cetera? You want yeah. to dart to the ACC to get back those natural robberies that you're bringing up and maybe they're more attractive now or 
Well, let's take a minute to break it down. Yeah, so you get Texas, (laughs) you get Oklahoma, they jump ship, they They move to the SEC. Right. Uh, The Big 12, they're bringing in UCF. They're bringing in Cincinnati, BYU, and am I missing one? Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Houston. Houston, that's the other one. All right. So I think for the average West Virginia fan, you look at the schedule and you say, okay, West Virginia has made this move to Big 12. How are we going to be able to make it to these away games? That's a huge change. You know, if you if you look back to the old Big East, you could just drive down a road. You're at Virginia Tech. Yeah. You drive yeah. up the road. You're at Syracuse. Boston just College, ask Bob Huggins basketball-wise what he thinks of the travel in the Big oh 12. God, I exactly. cannot even imagine if he <laughs> – I even joked to somebody that if this conference really expands wildly or wherever West Virginia ends up, it might force him into retirement because <laughs> – yeah, I think in the next five years, it's definitely going to look a lot different. As you mentioned, USC, UCLA, they're jumping into the Big Ten. Um, so, yeah, yeah, money, TV deals. Um, and I think the Big Ten just mentioned a huge TV deal uh, that was released recently. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about money. But uh, for West Virginia, I think we need to just get in where we can fit in. Um, I'm not sure the logistics, how it all plays out. Uh, for the average fan, they would love to see West Virginia in a more um, – geographical place that makes sense acc is it there's that's others. the only one that could make sense that, yeah, geographically that's the only speaking. one yeah, right right but how's this thing gonna look in five years with the talk of super conferences you already saw the two schools from pac-12 jump over to the big 10 so yeah i think we're going to see a huge change in college football uh geographically and that's going to happen within the next five six years in my opinion yeah, and again, every every way you look, there's different rumors about conferences trying to do different things and rumors about what the Big 12 is going to do, but there's no marriage here of West Virginia to the Big 12. They had to be in the Big 12 at the time because they would have been left out in the cold otherwise, and the ACC didn't, didn't want West Virginia then, and I get it, media market-wise, I mean – we're yeah. both living in Pittsburgh. We're, you know, a Pittsburgh outlet covering the Mountaineers. You're going to have a situation where you're going to have the same two teams bringing the same media market, same media attention. It wasn't necessary. And then again, you can go to academics. But a lot of things are different now, whether it be an academic institution, an athletic program, everything that West Virginia brings basketball-wise, volleyball, Olympic sport-wise, soccer-wise, mm-hmm. and then of course football. And it's all about football. It's all about money. But the program does bring a lot to a conference. I do think they're much more attractive than they were 10 years ago, regardless of results on the field. It's just all we'll see, though. Uh, we, we will see. They're better off in the ACC, but we'll see where they end up being and what the Big 12 does. And yep. maybe they could try owning the Big 12 if the bang on how things shake out with these teams coming in. But all of it is about improving this year as well. Now, it's that time as we wrap up our debut broadcast, Rasheed Marshall, as we have the backyard brawl in front of us. That's going to kick off this year. So I do want to get your prediction. Now, obviously... As you're giving me the wheeze, you're a mountaineer. You're a former player. You can you can say that you were a part. You wore the you you wore the helmet. You came out of the tunnel. You amazed those fans. You were a Big East offensive player of the year. You kind of started off the success of the spread offense that Pat White then was able to take to you know maybe another level. What do oh, you yeah. got? It was another level. It was another yeah. level. Listen. I'll tell I you don't this. want to knock you, I, but yeah, yeah, that was that was when I was in school. That was that was a really that you, was have a high to, level. you have to give a guy to respect. I mean, he yeah. took it from here to there, and just so many other guys uh, involved in that era who also contributed uh, to help take the program to new heights. But yeah, give those guys all the credit they deserve. Yeah. So um, then, before I get your pick, actually, that actually reminds me of something. 
He okay. was on a show where he he kind of was asked if he could beat you in a race. Do you have a response to that? Because he he kind of also led us to believe that maybe there was a race between the two of you at one point. Did that ever happen? Who won that? And if you guys race today, you got a workout company. I know he's coaching ball. What do you think would happen today? What do you think would have happened back then? So we had a conversation about this. Um, there's a video. It's on my Twitter. You can go check okay. it out. Okay. I don't know if I've seen this yet. Okay. So there's always been a long running argument. Uh, who's yeah. faster? Myself or Pat? Yeah. Pat is a very fast player. Um, was <laughs> yeah. a very yeah. fast player. Yeah. Um, but if we're speaking in terms today, he even mentioned it. You know, I, I, I think it's a safe bet to say that I'll, I'll win that race today. Now, okay. he was more of an east and west, shake you out of your shoes. I was a north and south guy try to get to the end zone as fast as I possibly could. He, he was a little bit more slender, too. Do you think that gives him an edge if we're just talking a race? Possibly, possibly. But, uh, listen, we were both good players, both fast. <laughs> if we lined up today, who knows what would happen. You know, we, we talked about some charity things, and I think that's the direction we would that, want it to go would, in. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah, that would be very cool. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll... Did you guys race back then? No, never raced. Never raced. You never did. His, yeah, that his, was teased by him a little bit. His was to turn the film on, turn, see film. And right. uh, listen, there's highlights for days between the both of us. Um, yeah. He might have a little more, but hey, we both did our thing, and uh, we'll leave it up to the fans and everyone else to decide who's faster. Yeah, and you you helped mentor him, so maybe you can take credit for me. My little brother. Made, yeah, right. There you go. So whatever he did, you can take some credit for, to say the least. But I got to get it now. What's your pick? What's your yeah. score prediction? For the backyard brawl, you go in Mountaineers. They are the underdog, of course, but that's they where are. Your heart six and a half. That's all right. Yeah. Listen, Pitt's yeah. at home. You got to give them give them a little bit of love. They're coming in. They're uh, yeah. ranked AP coaches poll. What is it? 16, 17. Don't fact six, check me yeah. on that. Right. But uh, hey, listen, I'm a Mountaineer through and through to the heart. I'm going 24, 17 WVU. Okay. Listen. Okay. There's That'd be a no fun way. game. No That'd way be a I'm fun game. my Mountaineers. Yeah, it's going to be a great <laughs> game. A lot of excitement. And, uh, man, if, if you miss this one, I don't think you're a college football fan, flat out. Yeah, it doesn't even matter if you care about WVU or Pitt at all. This is a game that if you're a college football fan and if you're maybe a little annoyed by conference chaos, this is one four-hour block. That It's about 150 years. I mean, this college is – game day. Yeah, college game day being there. This is an historic rivalry. This is it. This is something definitely something to care about. So you're going 24-17. All right. I'll leave my prediction for the site, by the way. I'm not going to give it here. I don't want to ruin the, the, the vibe also <laughs> of the show. I'm going to let Rashid have the highlight there with his pick. So 24-17, you have the Mountaineers getting it. And that would be a big win to open up the season, to say the very least. Rashid, this was fun. I'm, I'm happy you joined me for this show. We're definitely going to be doing this again, obviously. Yeah. We're going to have another one of these. We'll see what the next one is. We're going to have a lot of happening. fun this season. It's going to be some fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yep. Yeah, Glad so, we can put it together. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll definitely be back at it with our next episode <laughs> of this program here. And, of course, you can find us at WV Sports Now. You can find this show there as well as in all our channels. You can find Rashid at Rashid Marshall on Twitter. And give me the company again, your workout company. Team Marshall Fitness. Okay, there you go. So Marshall Fitness. We will be back with another episode of the Rashid Marshall Show here as the season continues to progress. That one will be after the backyard brawl. How much after will remain to be seen. But either way, 
it is time for football season. Fall's almost in the air. It's time for Mountaineer football season. It's the backyard brawl. Just, just it's the it's a time to be alive. Really, <laughs> is what it is. What is it? 